Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 17 of Once Upon a Time called Best Laid Plans, which aired March 29th, 2015. And we're brought to you by GoldenSpiralMedia.com. What an episode this was, Addie. I think the whole episode's a game changer. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So let's get right into it. Uh, We'll go with the recap and I'll try to make it as short as possible. I know last week was a little (laughs) long, but I try to cut it down. All right, let's do it. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow and Charming get a vision of what their baby will grow up to be by touching a unicorn's horn. Charming sees a sweet baby, while Snow sees a darker, meaner teenager. While on their way back to their kingdom, Snow and Charming come across a peddler who warned them that Maleficent was in the direction they were heading and to head the other way, which led them to the apprentice's house. There they find out that there is a way to rid their child of evil intent by transferring it to another blank slate or vessel. Snow gets the idea to use Maleficent's egg as the vessel since Maleficent is already evil, then it wouldn't matter. When they take it back to the apprentice, he opens up a portal, and to their surprise, the apprentice banished the baby to another world along with Cruella and Ursula. In Storybrooke, Regina needs to get the page to Rumpel, Maleficent, and Ursula, so Emma makes a forged page. But Regina knows Rumpel will see through it, so she takes a picture of the real page instead. When she showed Rumpel, he realizes that the page is magical and the author is trapped behind the door on the page. Regina warns that it's being closely guarded by the Savior, so Maleficent puts a sleeping curse on the town to get the page. Because Henry, Snow, and Charming have been under a sleeping curse before, they are not affected. Henry calls Snow and Charming and tells them that he's going to the sorcerer's house. Henry finds the key to the door thanks to the author showing him where the key is hidden. Regina, along with Maleficent and Cruella, find Henry. Regina hints at Henry to give her the forged page and takes it back to Rumpel. Rumpel sees through the forgery and through Regina, and Maleficent puts her to sleep. Meanwhile, Snow and Charmy catch up with Henry and force him to give them the key and the page. They contemplate burning the page, then decide to come clean with Emma. Emma's upset that her parents have been lying to her and runs out. They meet up with August, who tells them the story of the author. He was trapped by the sorcerer and the apprentice because he was manipulating stories when the author is only supposed to record stories. Emma decides to open the door and release the author, who who turns out to be the peddler Snow and Charming met long ago. Emma has many questions for the author, but he escapes. So many twists and turns. That's exactly what I was talking about by saying this is a game changer. We see a total shift on Once Upon a Time in its whole storyline. Absolutely. And we could tell by everybody's ratings that this episode was liked by all. I think everybody favored it for that reason. There's so many things going on. And before we continue to go forward, let's go ahead and say everybody's ratings for this week. Absolutely. So we'll start with Chris. Chris Tipton gave it a 10 out of 10 wooden man babies. (laughs) And Faith gives it 9 out of 10 Henry Daniel Mills. Justina gave it a 9 out of 10 unicorn horn premonitions. And I gave it a 10 out of 10 unicorns. (laughs) And I gave it a 9 out of 10 stolen eggs. (laughs) 
Nice little humor. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we rated, uh, again, a 10 out of 10. Pretty much is the average around there. Nine Nines are more there, but... I just want to say thank you to everybody participating on the Facebook page. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on there and a lot of people chiming in on different theories and different thoughts and commenting on other people's feedback as well. So thank you so much for participating there. We love to see everybody's comments. Yeah, engagement. And as we, you all know, this this episode's actually running a little late. And I'd like to uh, thank the support for the wishing well to get well <laughs> soon. It was under the weather this week. So we're just ready to rock the mic now. And to start off the rest of the episode, let's start with Justina's voicemail. Hi, this is Justina for Beyond Storybrook. I give this episode 9 out of 10 unicorn horn premonitions. With the author on the loose, he's totally gone rogue. I don't think that heroes or villains are going to get a happy ending out of him because he is in it for the drama. He's not interested in just recording what's happening or giving anyone happy endings. He's interested in what would make the most dramatic story with the most crazy twists. So I believe that the heroes and the villains have to band together to find this author and get rid of him if anyone ever hopes to get happy endings. August really understands what the author should be. So I think that after we've done away with this author, that August could be a perfect replacement. Have a magical week. I agree completely, Justina. I don't think the this author can give anybody their happy ending as well. I feel like he's after the drama. He just wants to change things to make things interesting when he's really only supposed to record. Yeah. And on a, on a side note, this actor, I, I don't know. I've He's one of the guys that you... You just hate. He plays that snively little mischievous character that just annoys you. And I saw him like, oh, he's going to be that guy. Yeah, you always, I always see him and I always think there's trouble in the storyline. Yeah. He always kind of has that character that he's tight casted as that type of character. Right. So I was like, oh, when I saw him as the peddler, I was like, hmm. And then, yes, exactly what's going on. This guy's just for the drama. He wants to tell a story, not record a story. And that's the difference that we learned from August. He didn't do his job right. And that's why the sorcerer actually banished him, locking him into his own book. And that just makes total sense because I was confused there for a bit. I was confused there for a bit because the sorcerer says, how dare you make me do that to that child? And I was like, what's he talking about? And it totally makes sense. He's the guy who wrote Everything that was going to happen to the Charmings, he knew exactly who he was running into, and he directed them to the sorcerer. Knowing all that, why would Emma choose to release him from the page? I mean, I know, I think maybe she did it out of spite, or she just had questions that she wanted answered, but this guy, I don't think, is the guy with all the answers. And again, with Justina, I don't think he's going to be the one to give anybody a happy ending at all. So that's kind of the big question. Do they need to release that author in order to change the story? But then you think about, has the story been surviving on everything that he's already written? I, I'm kind of confused there, but I kind of took that thought to the other level of saying, well, maybe Charming did have the right idea to ruin 
the door page. I know we all kind of felt like, no, don't ruin it. You, right. you kind of feel frustrated with the Charmings in that moment because you know they're lying to Emma. You know that they're manipulating the events surrounding this page. They even tell poor Henry off. The yeah. poor the poor kid doesn't deserve it. But here they they kind of got rough with him and they said, oh, you know, give it to us. And at that moment, you're like, no, don't ruin it. But then after you see what happens and <laughs> you learn from August who this guy is, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe he was on to something. They, they probably should have locked him in there. But that's the question there, too. Do they need this author in order to, uh, I guess, inaugurate a new author, if that's the proper way to say it? That's where I'm kind of confused, too. If he was trapped in there, was there already an author somewhere else? I'm kind of thinking, I posted on the Facebook group, group too, that could there be another author at the same time? We have Regina's page 23, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, somebody recorded that and, and it happened, but this author manipulated the story, so that did not happen. So where's the author who wrote page 23? So that's what I'm wondering when it comes to this author, is what we're watching right now on Once Upon a Time everything that he wrote. But if you remember, the purpose of the author is just to record what happens. They're not telling the story. But because what he wrote alters the actual story that was previously given. Do you get what? This is where it gets confusing. It gets tough. It's like the chicken or the egg, which comes first. I feel like we're going in a, it's like a circular argument because I know what you're saying. But if the only purpose of the author is to just record then it, they record what's happening. But since this author is not, he's manipulating. So I think the key thing too is the quill, the pen. Maybe that gives you the power to rewrite the story. And that's what he was doing instead of recording. I don't know. I'm... So that's the question that happens then. We saw that the sorcerer locked the author into his book. Did he take it upon himself to write the story or record? Let's use the word record, not write. Mm-hmm. Did he decide to record what happened then throughout the history until Rumpel locked him into the... Uh, you mean the apprentice locked him in? Okay, yeah. Sorry. Two different people. I keep confusing those two. Um, but that that's the thing. Did the sorcerer decide to take it upon himself to continue to record the story then on out? Did he assign somebody else up as the author? Because from what I got from August's story is that the sorcerer appoints who is the next author. So did he have the power to say, well, I locked that guy in his book. Somebody needs to take his job. So I'm going to appoint this guy as the new author. Right. That's the author I think they need. But that goes into a timeline, not a timeline issue, but I was thinking about the timeline. So they lock this author, I'm assuming, after he made the the apprentice banish Maleficent's baby to another dimension. That's when they locked the author. So the dark curse didn't happen. Regina is still evil, mm-hmm. right? So if he's locked in there, who's writing the rest or who's recording the rest? I think they need that guy. Yeah. And I, my, you bring up the sorcerer and I'm wondering, where is this sorcerer? Yeah. Chris mentions on Facebook that he thinks the apprentice is the sorcerer. A couple people I've been talking to think kind of the same thing that the se- the apprentice is the sorcerer. He's just showing he's just saying he's the apprentice, but he's really not. See, that's what I'm thinking too, and I think that's why I confuse the two together because they kind of have I guess similar 
responsibilities in this story that I've kind of picked up on, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. But I, I too kind of make that conclusion. They're probably the same. So that gives the author a lot of power then. If they could write out the sorcerer or apprentice and and they're the ones who choose this author, it's kind of the author's a very powerful person with that quill. Oh, yeah. Now that's, uh, I don't know, I think it was Chris. I don't know who brought it up. But somebody said, well, I think the next mission is to find that quill. Eliana. That's I the dangerous, I think that's the danger that's really out there is to find that quill because whoever has that quill can manipulate anyone's story. Uh, and this is where it gets really tricky. So is that quill in gold shop? Is that quill with the sorcerer? Is it with the apprentice? Yeah, because the apprentice is trapped in the hat. Gold yeah. trapped him in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where? so where is that quill? If it was in at Gold Shop, I would think he would know where it was and go after that. Wherever that book ended up, the quill has to be with it as well. So that's the tricky part. Um, and then that book that he was writing in, it didn't look like the book Henry had. Who was writing in the author? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think, well, we remember in the house, there's all these different mm-hmm. books. So that's why I'm kind of under the assumption, too, that there's a possibility that there are, are multiple authors at one time, maybe different authors. So I guess that's also a part of the mystery of where's the quill? Who's responsible for the rest of these books? And what are these books have yet to tell? Yeah, because we don't know. Is there an author existing right now trying to record everything that we don't know about? And mm-hmm. there's a couple of theories that I want to mention. And Justina did, said it in her voicemail that the next in line, she thinks, is possibly August. He seems to know a lot about the backstory, who the author is and what they do. So her guess is that she's the next in line to replace the other author. He's author-esque. He knows, he re- I think he has the true intention of everybody else. And I don't think he can lie because his yeah, nose will right. grow like crazy that's if right. he starts to tell a very untruthful story. So he, I think he can be the very... That's a good That's a good theory. But yeah. another theory I want to mention, my coworker, Sarita, and after she told me this and after watching this episode, mm-hmm. I kind of thought she might be right that Henry is in line to be an author. Oh. He has the book. He The book was given to him. He's the son of the savior. So he must have some kind of special power. On top of that, I think and then to add to that theory, he's probably going to be the one to write everybody's happy ending because he kind of has that genuine, innocent heart, right? Yeah, he does. And he doesn't want to manipulate anything. He wants everybody to be happy. Yeah. So I think he would be somebody who would be next in line as well. Maybe he is because, okay, let's step back here. We just mentioned, well, maybe, maybe August is the next one in line. But remember, August is only a temporary person in the story right now. He needs to go back to being a kid. So he's going to go back to being little Pinocchio. And I think that leaves Henry a little older than the true one to be next in line. And maybe Pinocchio down the road but remember, August, I, I don't know who or when they're going to convert him back to the to a little boy. But this is a, this is supposed to be a very temporary state for him right now because Rumple wanted answers from him. Is it temporary, though? Maybe he's going to stay like that. I don't know mm. why they would put him back. I think I think they would have to put him back. That's why he's suffering. Uh, he kind of goes into these little 
um, comas, so to speak. So I think that's kind of like a signal, like he can't stay in Storybrooke like that. He needs to go back to being a little boy. Gotcha. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that's just my thoughts. So different theories on who the next author would be. Yeah. And one thing I want to mention before we leave the author and talk on the next little subject here. I think this author, the one that was trapped, he's the one who created the hero villain divide. I think he... He's the one, if he was supposed to be recording things, instead he's manipulating things. I mean, he he created Maleficent's story. He created the monster. He made that outside, or he made that happen. So I think he's the one who created that divide and why we have heroes, why we have villains. So it kind of ties back into Justina. Let's have the heroes and villains band together and get rid of this author because he's not a true author. I think that's that's what's exciting me about the story now. Like, what's going to happen? I'm confused. Are we watching this? What he wrote? And who's going to write next? Yeah. So anyways, let's move on to another, another crazy story that was being, that is being told. And that is Maleficent, which also deals with the Charmings. And then trickles down to Emma and, and trickles down to Lily. We go back in time and we see... Snow and Charming. I was like, what's his name? Snow and Charming get a premonition from a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And my kind of theory is, why did Charming see a sweet baby and Snow see, quote unquote, dark baby? I'm thinking maybe Snow saw that. One reason Snow saw that was maybe she has a darker heart than Charming. So she's able to see the bad but also at the same time, it goes back to everybody, what everybody's saying. It's a human thing. You could either go good or bad. I think that's what it is. There's, I don't think you need to read into it any, any further than that. But to think that, hey, you know what? One's going to see the bad and one's going to see the good. There are these two mediums. And now that you mention it, I was a little upset with Snow on how she handled something. I probably can get into that a little later. But... Maybe you're onto something there. Like maybe she does have a little darker heart than Charming. Charming's always kind of the happier one, the the one with more good intentions. But then I kind of have to take that back when I just mentioned earlier. We were all kind of disappointed with them when they wanted to destroy the page. They're manipulating the whole event. So I, I think it is truly, hey. The kid can go bad. The kid can go good. Either way, it needs a parent's guidance. And I believe that's what Eliana mentioned earlier. Maybe not this this past uh, last episode. The kid needs a, a parent's guidance. It's everybody's human being. And I think um, Eliana mentioned that too. What makes Emma the special one to be the savior, the the holy one, so to speak, when everybody has that potential, everybody's born that way. Why is it that Emma's the special one? Yeah, I remember that comment. She was commenting on if there's other children based out of true love, why would Emma be the savior? Yeah, I, ho- I hope they kind of explain that a little more. I comment. I, I did comment on that on, on the group and I, I was throwing it out there that maybe Snow and Charming's love is the true love that everybody tries to emulate and because they're the true love, the first true love, Emma was dubbed the savior. Okay. But that scene with Maleficent, everybody was, is on the same page. That is a sad, touching so scene. Sad. I wanted to cry. I mean, snow showed no mercy. She's like, we'll bring it right back. 
No, not only that. Okay, so this is what disappointed me about us. No, I don't care if that wasn't a human being. Mm-hmm. That's still Maleficent's baby, whether it was a dragon or not. And I think just as you see Maleficent, so sad, from mother to mother. Yeah. And, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Don't do it. And she doesn't care. She, They're both very selfish. You see, this is where you see Charming more of like, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Let's let's hold off. He had that look. He had that presence. But it was Snow very determined that, no, my child will have no chance at being dark. If I just do this, we will bring back your kid. And no, it's not. <laughs> it's it, pretty much saying like, you're. it's not a child. And I think that's what, that's how she felt more comfortable with herself saying, well, it's not really a human being, so we can go ahead and just do this. Well, I, that's where Faith mentioned on Facebook, too. What made them think that it was a dragon, though? I thought it was, I mean, I still thought it was a baby in I, there. I still thought it was a baby, too, because it's coming from Maleficent. Maybe yeah. it is like Maleficent, where it can transform into a dragon. Right. But it's still a baby, and that, that's when I saw, when I heard Snow say that, I was like, wow, this is really tough writing right here. I can't believe that she's going to do this and they will, they go through with it. And it was so, so sad. You see the little um, hand, coming, hand out. coming out of the egg. And they're and- surprised. It's a baby in there. <laughs> that was a funny moment to me. I was like, what would you think was in there? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the interesting part too, right? You, We now get the answer of how... Corella and Ursula ended up in the real world and as well as Lily. But why didn't they take care of Lily? Are they, because I know kind of Corella is kind of selfish. So maybe she didn't want to handle a little kid. I had the same question. Like, why didn't they try to find it or keep together? But maybe they were banished to separate, separate areas. They didn't know where they went. Like maybe they stopped or they were dropped off somewhere or different places. I got the feeling that Ursula never knew where Cruella was and they just were dropped off wherever and didn't know where to go. So maybe they go into the world together, but they're separated, separated. in transition. Right. Because oh. I had that same question. I want to see what happens when they go through. Yeah. Like what happens to them when they land? Yeah. Well, the- we get that scene with Lily and her dad, her stepdad. Adopted Adopted dad. dad. And that was interesting in itself um, because we know that we've seen that character before when she kind of grows up and she's in that rebel phase of her life. She meets Emma and Emma's in that transition of going from foster parent to foster parent. And that's when we had met um, Snow Queen. So this is where it gets interesting. We now know, and I think we've all kind of known that Lily will come back into the story because I think in two episodes, the episode is actually called Lily. So that's interesting. But what do you think about when it comes to the actions of the Charmings? Now that we know that the author actually wrote that in, do you feel they are 100% responsible? Should we be upset with them? Well, Eliana mentions this too. Were they at the will of the, was the apprentice and them at the will of the author? We kind of know that the apprentice was because he, he says to the author himself, I can't believe you made me do that. Yeah. But with the Charmings, it's more of a choice. I think it's more of a choice. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, yeah, you can cut them a little bit of slack because I feel like maybe they did, he did write that in and it was put in their head. He did but, guide them because remember they see him on their path because they get word of Malefic. He's the one who said Maleficent 
is doing this and um, they wanted to, you know, where is this at? And he kind of directs them, hey, he's that way, pretty much guiding them. But I think that's a powerful message in itself for not just their storyline, but our lives for for us. It be, Our choices, it's our choices that makes our future. Yeah. He only guided them there. Mm-hmm. And I think the apprentice was trying to forewarn them. And he said, there's a way to do this, but there's no turning back. Know that. So think hard and come back with a decision. That was like, you know, that's your choice. It's your choice. Think about it. Kind of saying it's a a choice. Like It's up to you. So I I feel like the author kind of wrote that Mm -hmm. in the sense of guiding them there. But ultimately they had a choice. And I like the scene where I think Maleficent asks, was it this episode? I thought it was this where face to face is like, what makes you so different or show some mercy like oh, what it makes the previous so, episode was it the previous episode yeah, when yeah. she goes and visits snow and when she's asleep i think there's an assumption and snow has this assumption that just because maleficent's a villain and evil she's going to grow her baby that way but we don't know that it's all on the parents we see snow and charming supposedly good but ma- manipulating different things that aren't so heroic like right they're not any different than maleficent So here's the part where I was like sad for a second and then kind of laughed at the same time. I was sad that, you know, the baby was there in the egg. And that was just a very shocking moment when we see them go into the world and Maleficent's not getting her baby back. And that was kind of shocking. But then the part that kind of made me laugh, I was like, you jerk. Yeah. (laughs) The sorcerer is like, keep it in the light. Pretty much saying, hey, whatever we just did doesn't really matter because you still need to guide your child to be the right person. Again, your choices on how you parent your child will determine how your kid grows up. Not what we just did guarantees that it ever becomes evil or doesn't become evil. That was just like, what? All of this for nothing. Yeah, I agree. That's where I think the author wrote wrote that in where he wanted him to banish that baby away. And he wanted to put a, a thought in their head that there is a way to get rid of the evil intent is to put it in another vessel. But I don't think the apprentice really thought that. And I think he was kind of forced to do that. So when he did that and that happened, he said that saying it, this didn't really matter. It was like written and this does not matter because you still need to guide, guide the baby to the light. So maybe the author's beef is really with Maleficent because maybe he wrote the part where Regina meets Maleficent he kind of she builds her up again and she is the almighty maleficent and then or was that before or after see that's the we don't time know shift. It's the confusing. Time, yeah we don't know the time oh. we don't know when he started jeez one thing i want to mention too and you said it when we were watching it is rumple why wouldn't he show maleficent how where the what the child looks like now <laughs> where it, you know not when it was a baby and adopted 30 years ago right so he's so powerful that he doesn't show her Lily at current stage. And I was thinking, okay, well, this can mean two things. Number one, maybe because the only way he can show her is by getting something materialistic, which was a little rattle. And the the rattle was last touched by the baby, you know, oh, when it was young, yeah, so to speak. Good. It was yeah. around its presence. So maybe that was one. And then number two, this is more of a behind the scenes, maybe the directors and and the writers of the story 
of Once Upon a Time haven't casted who Lily would be, or they just still really don't want to tell us who's the actress. So they didn't want to show the present Lily. So, and, and must go along with the story. I really don't like spoilers or looking into things, but I just wanted to know what actress was playing her. And mm-hmm. I tried to search it on Google and they don't really flat out say there is an actress coming and her character is... But her title doesn't her, say it Lily. It doesn't say her name. It just says TBA, to be announced. So, I don't, like I said, I don't really like spoilers and looking at all of, all these different things, but I was just curious to see who would play her. Yeah. And there's it's really on the hush. Yeah, it is. So that I think that's why Rumple, but... I kind of felt that way, like, oh, come on, you're so powerful. You don't show right. her who Lily is now. Right. But at least she has some comfort in knowing that it was a girl mm-hmm. and the baby is still alive. Right. So I really like that dynamic of Maleficent, Snow, Emma, Lily. So you have, it's, it's kind of ironic or poetic that Emma and Lily were best friends. You have Lily, who's the baby that Snow and Charming banished, who finds their own daughter Oh. Who they you know they sometimes somehow end up finding each other, and it's the whole savior and villain or darker evil person right. meeting. It's kind of like a yin yang, dark and light, snow Maleficent. So I'm just like I, that whole dynamic of Snow Emma Maleficent Lily. So well written. You have to give it to A and E for that because. Uh, I didn't see it in that view until you had mentioned it. This is where the story kind of moves forward to Emma and they get the pressures to tell Emma the truth. They finally tell her. And this is the, the kind of the interesting part. As the Charmings are trying to keep Emma pure, they're really darkening their own souls. You see the Charmings get very dark for a moment there. And then finally Snow kind of knocks out of that that kind of fog and says, what are, what are we doing? And we're kind of responsible for all this. We're not any better. Mm-hmm. We're becoming what we hate. Yeah, they're no better than gold is what they say. Yeah, uh, the, the sky is open for them. But then now they have to deal with the consequence of lying. What did they expect from Emma? She was going to get upset. So Emma's really upset, very, very upset because Emma sees them you have to remember the Charmings have always told her, you're special, Emma. You are the savior. You don't get it now because you don't believe. But when you believe, you will know what it means to be who you are. And you're made out of love. We made you. We see her now. She's so powerful that she can make a very fake page just so quickly. We saw that in this yeah. episode. Her powers are growing stronger and stronger. And part of that growth in her power is her believing, and that belief came from believing in her family, Henry, everything. So that foundation that is building Emma kind of crumbled when she heard that her parents are lying to her. So I think uh, I think Faith kind of said, or, or somebody mentioned, why is Emma getting being so hard on them? Chris. Chris, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, but why is Emma being so hard on them? I think it's that. Her foundation of who she is right now kind of got, you know, shaken because that those are the same people who created the powerful Emma that we're starting to see. So it's tough, kind of, you don't want them to be upset, but just like in every family, you have little mishaps. 
yeah, I see when Chris mentioned that, I was like, yeah, why are they flipping out? And now that you mentioned all that and kind of break it down that way, I can see why she would be so upset. But it goes back to, hey, she's an adult. Come on, get over it. Everybody <laughs> lies. But I, you know, you, you like you said, she had her parents on a pedestal. Yeah. They don't lie. They're so truthful. They're the heroes. They do everything good. And here I they should, are. They lied to me. I should model after them. And that's why she always tries to be good for Henry. And that kind of got shaken. So I, I just think that's where she's coming from. How far is that going to go? I don't know. I don't think, again, I can say I don't think it's enough for her to go evil. No. But you never know. I, I, I don't, don't know what they so. have in store. But I just, I'm interested to see how, when she meets Lily, does that change the story? I want to know... Will she even recognize Lily when they meet? Will they know who each other is? Lily might know who Emma is, but will Emma know who Lily is? I kind of wonder if they can, if they'll recognize each other. You know, it's been how long, right? Yeah, 30, it's been years. I but mean, you, you heard her mention that she still thinks about her best friend. Of course. So I think it's just going to be a matter of I'm Lily. And then that just comes all back together. <laughs> well, Knowing who Lily is now and knowing who Emma is and their backstory, it's kind of it's going to be a good, like I said, a like really good dynamic to see what unfolds between the two of them and Maleficent and Snow. Knowing that their two children are were best friends and here they are, their parents hate each other. It's the friends of it's kind of like the the friend version of Romeo and Juliet. Right, right, right. <laughs> One, and one thing, two things I want to mention about uh, Snow and Charming's, I guess their character development or non-development is at the point where they banish, they're so guilty when they take Maleficent's baby and that it was banished to another dimension that we see a scene where, where Charming was like, well, we need to be the best people we can be. We need to be really good and for their kind of redemption. And I think that's where their hero, I, I want to say their hero status was born. I don't want to say born, but like where they got the agent. Well, let's be the heroes we're supposed to be. Kind of like good karma. <laughs> right. Good karma. Because they did something so bad and feel so guilty about it. And then we have them in Storybrooke and their breaking point there is when they're ready to burn the page. And and Snow is saying, well, what about Regina's happy ending? We can't do that to her. She's here. She is putting her neck on the line for us, risking everything and we're going to burn the page so she doesn't get her happy ending. And then we lied to Henry. We've been lying to Emma. And that's our breaking point. Like, let's come clean. I think they said something about, well, heroes. Heroes, heroes do, don't do what's easy. They do what's right. Right. Yeah. Heroes do. Yeah. Uh, heroes do the right thing. And it's not always easy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just wanted to mention that real quick because they're they go up and down, up and down. Hero, villain, hero, villain. It's and, a struggle. It's, it's a struggle. It's just like. I think that should be a kind of a red flag. Like, hey, if it's, it's a struggle for us, we have to teach our daughter that. Like, you know, sometimes you don't want to do the right thing because it's not easy. Sometimes it hurts, but you always should do the right thing because this is what these are the consequences that follow when you don't do what's right. But now that you mentioned Regina. Yes. I don't I don't want anything bad to happen to her. Poor Regina. Man. <laughs> she's so close and everybody's rooting for her and then she's boom. trying to be really tough on keeping her cover under you know, undercover. Her undercover undercover. <laughs> How do you say that? Yeah, that's something like that. Her cover her cover undercover. Yeah. That makes sense. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
So she's trying really hard and she tries to keep um, manipulating like, no, 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 I'm, I tried my best. I tried my best. But Rumple kind of knows like, well, hmm, you keep proving me that you're you're not really with us you're yet. Right. So boom, they get her. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want nothing bad, but I think this is where Rumple, this guy is so crazy. He's going to leverage her to get what he wants. Because he was, she wasn't truly on their side. So now it's a consequence of saying, well, now I'm going to use you. I'm going to play with your heart, your desires, so that I get what's mine. And that I think this, this is how Robin's going to come back in the picture. Who knows what happens from there? Zelina is going to come back, as we had mentioned, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris says, and I'm kind of with him, why would she think to give that page knowing that she already had said Rumple could see right through that. But I think uh, at that moment she was under pressure and didn't want Henry to give up the real page. So it was like, give it to me. And you see when, and we see that when she gives it to Rumple, tears it up and she gets put to sleep. So I, I, yeah, cause she can fool Corella and, and Maleficent, Maleficent. Yeah. But she can't fool Rumple. And at that moment she had witnesses with her. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't like, let me, uh, let me not say that we didn't find it, because obviously I have witnesses here. If I go to Rumple a different way, then they're going to tell him I'm lying. So she kind of delayed what was happening, what is going to happen to her until she got to Rumple. And I like I don't know what they're going to do with her, but he Rumple makes a comment that once she sees something, the moment she sees something, then she's going to do whatever I say forever. So cue Robin Hood. You know, you said it. Faith said it. Um, we're going to see it in, uh, in the next episode. But I think a theory that you had was uh, that maybe Regina will be forced to become the dark one or where where she's, you know, stabbed with a dagger and Rumpel has possession of that dagger. I hope that doesn't happen because I wanted to get a happy ending. Yeah. But I, it might be a stretch and that's something that you had mentioned a while ago. But when I saw that scene, I was like, hey, what would make her do his bidding forever? Yeah. Besides Robin Hood, it would be becoming the dark one so that he he would always have control over her with the dagger. We have to get that dagger. We have to. And then what's up with that scene? I I totally agree with Chris. What a creeper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, such a creeper. Every I'm like, "Okay, you're just weirdo <laughs> staring at her put her in her little bed and and i love how he comes out of the shop and they're like what are you doing in there none, none of your <laughs> yeah, none of your business mind your own business, mind your own business. <laughs> well faith mentions too that is there something wrong with rumple yeah she said is he dying yeah is he dying oh that'd be good to see i know in the previews that he was in a hospital bed so we'll see what unfolds there too yeah again what's up with rumple what does he want <laughs> What is up with the creepiness, not only of just uh, visiting Belle when she's asleep, but I'm tired. I'm really tired of how he um, always leverages other people's weaknesses for his own good. Somebody has to put him in his place once and for all. I think he's the true villain. Yeah, he is. He is the true villain. Because you see Maleficent. She has a, a... I'm not saying just because you have... A sad story. A sad story. Well, You're entitled to treat people bad, but she kind of does things to protect herself. 
I think everybody kind of does that. There's a certain humanity we see in each one of these villains, whether it be Maleficent, Regina, Ursula, Cruella, not so much yet. But Rumpel, you do see his backstory. It is sad what happens to him. But yeah. at the same time, he brought it on himself and a lot of the stuff that's... Again, choices. Yeah. I don't think he would... Wa- I don't think he would waver for anybody else. Or, I mean, he had Belle, who he claims to be the love of his life. And he didn't, you know, turn good. He was still always had something in mind. Yeah, Faith says maybe his happy ending is not to be the dark one anymore. Maybe it's not Belle obviously he loves Belle, but his true happy ending is giving up that dark one. I think that she's onto something there. But that would be giving up the power. And he loves the power. And he loves the power. We know that. All right. Game changer. I think for me, the the game changer here is definitely that the author is manipulating stories instead of recording them. And now that he's on the loose, I don't think he's the one, like everybody else, like Justina says, that is going to give everyone their happy ending. So he's the one who changed everybody's stories. So mm-hmm. that is the game changer to me. Yeah, I think the game changer in itself is him running off. <laughs> yeah, now they have to go find him. They, <laughs> they released go find- him and now they don't have him in control. They They can't, you can't go to the author and ask for his help if he just ran away from you. Right. And so, so you know that he's not there to, to me, that means he's not there to help anybody. And here's the tricky part. Maybe he runs off so much that he gets out of Storybrooke. Huh, and if he does that, oh, no. he can't come back. No. <laughs> so this is really tricky. This is the, I think, the true game changer. That also, author. Right. And also finding that quill. I think the quill is the key, too. Without that, I don't think anybody can write any stories, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah, we have to find the quill, we have to get the author, and we have to put Rumple in his place. Well, like we said, a lot happened this episode. Yes, a lot. And if you'd like to get your feedback, uh, because, hey, we're going to be off for another week. They won't come back until the 12th, I believe, of April. That's so right. we have a whole week. Um, and if you want to kind of stir in and put your input on what happened on this last episode, your theories, because as you can hear us talking, we have a lot of theories, we have a lot of questions, and I just think it calls for everybody else's opinions. So head over to our Facebook group, and the way, the best way that you can find that Facebook group is just by going to beyondstorybrook.com, and you'll see the links there. It says connect with us. Also, a quick reminder that our show is brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com. For your entertainment needs, you can just go there, find other of your favorite shows. Uh, that's how we bring you this show every single week. GoldenSpiralMedia.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.